Hola, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita, the only Spanglish anti-diet podcast that teaches you from a sociological lens, feminism, and intuitive eating coaching to dismantle diet culture. I'm your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez, and I am passionate about dismantling diet culture and helping you heal your relationship with food and your body. I'm a mother, daughter, comadre, amiga, community member, professor, health coach, and published author. On this show, I share my personal experience with diet culture, tips and strategies, and educational content to help you understand diet culture and systems of oppression so that you can have the tools to challenge diet culture. Current and future generations do not deserve to inherit your diet culture trauma, and I'm here to help you. If you're on a mission to hear your body and food traumas and embody your authentic self unapologetic, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. Bienvenidos a Dismantling Diet Culture, Fuck Being Calladita. This is your host, Dr. Hortensia Jimenez. In today's episode, and I always say this, and I will continue to say this, I have an amazing guest, and it's always a truly honor to have every guest on my podcast. And today I have Dr. Adriana Medrano. Doctora Medrano is a Chicana liberation and mujerista psychologist who centers the healing and liberation of BIPOC and women of color. Dr. Medrano is an adjunct professor for the Aliento program at Pepperdine University and is the co-creator of Roots of South LA Wellness Center and provides professional development courses to other mental health providers in the area of decolonial and psycho-spiritual approaches. Bienvenida, Dr. Medrano. Hola, hola. Buenos dias. Thank you so much, Dr. Atencia Jimenez. I really appreciate you inviting me to be part of your wonderful podcast. Um, I'm excited to be here. Gracias. I um, came to your work. I think it was your uh, professional Instagram, that Roots of uh, South Roots of LA. ¿verdad? Roots of South LA. Mm -hmm. Roots of South LA. Y me encantó el trabajo. And that's how I started following your work and building community with you. And I am a great admirer of your work. I love the work that you're doing. It's so important to see another fellow Chicana with the PhD doing the colonial work. It's like, ah, I need to have her on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. No, likewise, I was very grateful to be able to, you know, I think that social media has been able to allow us to be in community with folks that maybe otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have been able to cross paths with. So that's right. I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, we were able to connect. Yes. Y me encantaría que platicaras un poquito acerca de ti, if you can share a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, and what led you to do the work that you do. Yeah, so I always have such a difficult time with this question. <laughs> I'm like, tell me a little bit about yourself, because I think that is, you know, so much, you know. Right. Um, now my 43 years on this, um, in this incarnation is the. So a little bit about me. So I'm a 43 year old Chicana, daughter of Mexican immigrants. Um, my parents, um, my dad's from Tamaulipas. My mom's from Guanajuato, and so. Um, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, you know, Gen Xer. Um, and so I grew up in South Central LA. I still continue to reside in South Central LA. So that's a little bit about my, you know, positionality. I think that that's always important, right? When we're talking about ourselves as far as, 
you know, how our experiences, how our identities um, shape, you know, our perspectives, our um, opinions, our values, our beliefs. Um, and, you know, my parents obviously raised me, but my community also raised me. So to me, that has always been very important, right, of, you know, taking care of my community and my com because my community has taken care of me. And so um, some of the identities I hold, um, I am a cisgender, um, you know, woman, um, she, her, a pronouns. And, um, you know, I'm a light-skinned Latina, so I know the way I navigate these systems of oppression, um, I hold privilege in that. So I'm also very aware of that. And I, you know, I always do my best to challenge those systems because I know I have that, um, you know, skin tone privilege. Um, and even within, you know, South Central, my community, you know, where the average, you know, household income is anywhere between 30 and 40,000 household, right? Um, I also know that I carry a lot of, you know, financial privileges that many of my community members don't. And so even being able to, you know, you mentioned um, my nonprofit, you know, being a co-creator of that has been my way of really not just, I, I feel kind of worse saying giving back to my community, but really, you know, doing what I know was has always been you know, part of my responsibility to my community, uh, you know, uplifting, you know, and doing, you know, using my work and my privilege, you know, I always say, de que importa los títulos y, you know, degrees, and we're not going to do it to liberate our people, you know, uh, we're not going to use those titles and those, you know, degrees to liberate our, our own. And so to me, it's, you know, it's really about, um, yeah, just the responsibility that I have, you know, with the privileges that I hold now. And so um, I was not your average high school to PhD, you know, student. <laughs> um, I graduated with a 1.5 from high school. So I wasn't, you know, relatively speaking, right, uh, you know, on track, let's say, right, to be a college student. Um, that was not my you know, really my forecast when it came to career-wise, it was, again, growing up in the 80s and 90s in the inner city, it was more about survival. It was more about just kind of, high school was already a huge, you know, achievement. So um, I did start community college a few years afterwards. And that really just, you know, made me realize like, oh, okay, so there's a different way of learning versus like this high school, LAUSD, very traditional structure, you know, and very oppressive structure, right, um, where there was a lot more, and community college is amazing, right, I always tell people, like, please, you do not need to start at a four-year, you know, UC, a private institution, and go into debt, um, community college gives you a wealth of not just academic, but just, like, life experience that a lot of other institutions don't, um, and either for very, very little <laughs> or nothing or very much a fraction, right, of going into debt if you're going to maybe a, a more um, expensive institution. And so um, from there, you know, I transferred to Cal State LA. Um, and then from there, you know, I was fortunate enough to get into a PhD program um, at the age of 25. So I was very grateful, but I think it was also the universe and my spirit guys you know, really supporting me because I sometimes think back and I'm like, I don't know how I stayed on track when 
so much was, you know, in front of me, really. So much was, again, in front of a lot of us that were part of the same community. So, you know, and now it's been 13 years since I graduated with my PhD. Um, and so I'm just trying to, you know, ride the wave and <laughs> and do what I can. And and really, you know, I, I'm, again, I have a great privilege and, and feel very fortunate to be able to pursue, you know, the things that I'm doing, like you just mentioned, right, of being able to teach and provide services and provide, you know, professional development um, courses to other uh, providers. And so, yeah, that, that's that's a little bit about me. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. I really want to highlight and really uh, center that you were not the traditional uh, student who went from high school to the university. And this is so important for BIPOC students to know that it, yeah. your grades do not determine your success. And uh, that the community college system is, and I am a community college educator and I am, that that's my calling. And you're absolutely correct. You know, it can provide students the, the resources, the skills, the community support that students may need to then transfer to the university. Así es que gracias for for sharing this aspect of your life, for the work that you're doing. And I would love for you to share with us ¿Qué es Mujerista Psychology? And what is the work that you're doing around liberation? Yes, yes, no, definitely. Um, you know, we kind of were already talking a bit, a little bit before we started the recording, right? Of just the, the fact that we're so grateful to be doing this work right now, especially with just, again, you know, the, the realization uh, for, again, for not, not for all of us, you know, many of us have been doing this work for a very long time, but you know, we're starting to become more and more aware, right, of the need for decolonialized um, and decolonizing approaches, right, particularly in mental health. And so um, I'm very grateful to Dr. Ignacio Martin Baro, who is the father of liberation psychology, um, to Dr. Lillian Comes-Diaz, who's, you know, the mother of Mujerista psychology, because I think that many of us didn't have these frameworks, or at least weren't aware of these frameworks. You know, I know I can speak for myself, and I know others have shared with me that many of us were not introduced these frameworks when we were in our training programs. And I do think that that was by design, right? We do know that, again, academia continues to be and was built on the idea of white supremacy, was built on the idea of Eurocentric, you know, we continue to, you know, learn and teach about Freud and, you know, old dead white racist, you know, men. And again, we know that not only are those theories and frameworks outdated, they caused so much harm and intergenerational trauma to predominantly Black, Indigenous, people of color um, and communities and continue to, right? We continue to be, again, trained in these frameworks and ideologies. So, you know, it, it does make me sad, and but also at the same time, it, it makes me excited to, you know, be able to teach about, you know, Mujerista and liberation psychology, because again, many of us were not, you know, even given the opportunity to, you know, become aware of these um, frameworks. But with that said, I also want to, you know, preface that many of us have been doing this work. You know, again, we talked a little bit about this before the recording. Uh, many of us didn't even have the privilege of not doing decolonizing and liberation work. Many of us were born into spaces that were very colonial, very oppressive, very, you know, just, um, 
just harmful, right? So we had to navigate, you know, our, our systems, our communities, our schools, um, you know, for those of us that are first gen, you know, whether we're children of immigrants, whether we're first gen to, you know, being college students, you know, having to navigate those systems, um, we were already doing, you know, decolonial um, and liberation work. And so again, but grateful to be able to now have this this framework and, and terminology and, you know, more of a structure to it. And so Mujeriza psychology really is, you know, somewhat of a, you know, branch of, you know, decolonizing and um, liberation work. And so it really is, again, I, I believe that Lillian Gomez-Diaz did a beautiful job in her book um, with Dr. Actually with also taking a moment to center and elevate the voices of Black women and Black um, psychologists um, who, you know, when you talk about um, Mujerista psychology, then we also need to make sure that we um, acknowledge the work of womanist um, psychology who was well, that was created um, by Dr. Um, Tema Bryant Davis. And so we want to make sure that we acknowledge um, that work as well. And so Mujerista psychology really brings in, um, you know, decol decolonized psychology in the sense, from a Chicana Latinx feminist perspective, really. But what I really love about Mujerista psychology is that it also brings in the psycho-spiritual, right, part from not necessarily a religious, you know, place, right? That we are also, you know, again, many of us are starting to reclaim our spiritual spirituality from a more indigenous or traditional um, lens. And so I really think that that's something that, again, many of us were not taught in our training schools, you know, religious, spirituality, politics was always considered like a big no-no, not even just in our training and in our classrooms, but within our work, we were told to not bring those things up in our work with our clients. Um, and really, you know, Mujerista decolonizing psychology says, no, like, <laughs> you know, we need to bring those things in. We need to be aware of the social political issues that are happening. Um, we are not neutral, right? We don't, we, we are not these tabula rasas that we were told blank slates, be a blank slate. Just go in there and be like this neutral, you know, being when you're working with your clients versus now, you know, we're being, we're being aware of like, we're human too, right? As therapists, as psychologists, as providers, like we also have our own sociopolitical positionalities, right? And that's going to inform our work, um, especially again, for those of us that hold a lot of, you know, history around colonization, around oppression, uh, for BIPOC folks, you know, many of us carry those intergenerational wounds and traumas, but also intergenerational wisdom. And so I think, I really feel, feel and believe that liberation and mujerista psychology lends us now this opportunity to use that intergenerational wisdom and medicine and, you know, just information that we carry in our DNA that, again, we continue to, you know, Western science is catching up with indigenous knowledge of yeah, we carry it in our DNA. It's not just, you know, this, you know, very external part of us. It's 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 a physical part of us, right? And so Mujerisa Liberation Psychology, I think, really lends itself to that. But in particular, you know, um, my passion around Mujerisa Psychology is really, again, reclaiming 
you know, las, la, la medicina, el poder de la mujer, you know, women being able to reclaim their, their, you know, their medicine, their roles and their positions within society. Then again, because of colonization, because of force, religious assimilation, because of, you know, these ideas around, you know, Marianismo, machismo, that women have historically been completely silenced, right? Um, and so I can go on and on and on, but I don't know, I want to kind of Love it. pause no. a little bit. <laughs> no, gracias. Thank you so much for giving us this background and context of where Mujeristas, Mujeristas Psychology comes from as a response to these deficit and oppressive academic uh, Eurocentric thinking, right? And and building, you know, on the work of women of color, black women, indigenous women, Chicana women. Gracias for centering that. Can you give us an example of the work, how you um, in, how you implement Mujerista psychology in the community, like with our, our community, and then also with like health professionals, porque mencionaste the eh, colonial approaches in mental health, and Mujerista psychology is one of those approaches, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. Entonces, me encantaría que nos des un ejemplo concreto. Can you give us an example? Of, that way folks like who don't have access to this, maybe we are able to to implement it in their life or use it to have this tool right thank you yeah most definitely i think one of the things that comes up for me you know as i'm thinking of examples of even like the work that i do with you know my my clients my individual clients is you know the use of rage as medicine right again as mujeres as women you know, we've been told to be nice. Mm -hmm. To surprise right. or rage, not to show our anger. No seas tan enojona, no seas mala, right? Ay, como eres de mala, you know, or ay, ¿por qué te pones tan, mm -hmm. tan a enojada? Defensiva. A la defensiva, eso me dicen siempre. Siempre estás a la defensiva. Yeah. Yo, shit. <laughs> okay, let me explore yeah. that. But then you're like, okay, I think I know where this comes from. <laughs> I've been oppressed. <laughs> yeah. I've been oppressed. <laughs> so, yeah, it feels intergenerational. It uh, historical. Um, yeah, you know, so yes, very much suppressed. We've been, you know, gaslit, you know, into feeling like our anger is not valid, right? Or our anger is harmful when it's coming from us. But if it's coming from, you know, our male counterparts, you know, like it's okay, that's expected, mm -hmm. right? And we do, we, you mm -hmm. know, our, unfortunately our mm -hmm. men are also being harmed by that of like, that is the appropriate, that is one of the only few appropriate emotions that men can mm -hmm. express or can show mm -hmm. and it's acceptable, that's right? right. Mm -hmm. And, but on the flip side, which is where Marianismo and Machismo, you know, mm -hmm. really are the same, you know, mm -hmm. two, two faces of the same coin, um, now women, you know, we're, we're the emotional holders, but again, only the, the passive emotions, right? Whereas rage and anger, even frustration and irritability, like, you know, sometimes I, I have clients who, again, have intergenerationally or have been modeled that women stay quiet, right? Or if there's been, you know, abuse that that abuse was not talked about, or it was even the abuser was protected, right and they were silenced right for speaking up and speaking out against the perpetrator and so a lot of my work has been on like wait let me let me sit with this with this sadness that you're feeling and this grief like is there any anger is there any frustration is there and and, and a lot of times it's like no I'm I, I don't feel that or you know what yes but I'm scared of that you know or I do feel a bit frustrated you know 
And so I think that that's where, you know, a lot of times I'm like that anger, that frustration, that rage, that's the healed part of you, or that's the intuitive part of you, or that's the wise part of you. That's like someone crossed my boundary or someone is crossing my boundary, right? But a lot of times what happens is we internalize the anger. We bring it in, we, it's, it goes inward and it becomes depression and anxiety, right? Because the depression and anxiety, it goes against us, right? The depression becomes manifestation of what? I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable. Why am I even alive, right? Like that internalized rage, mm-hmm. we need to externalize it, mm-hmm. right? And so that has been one of the ways that I'm, and I, you know, I bring in, right, the mujerista part of as mujeres, we've been told that we can't express this. And it's like, wait, you're right. Like, that wasn't, I, I don't see that with my mom. I I didn't see that with my mm-hmm. grandmother. I didn't yeah. see that with my tias. And the tia that did speak up, Same. she was ousted. That's right. <laughs> you know, or she was the bitch, or she was this, or she was that. Or the women that I know that do do that again are somehow ousted from the family or from the friend group and I'm like ask yourself why mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so bringing that unconscious and that again that that it really is a colonial wound that's right, right? of bringing that into like how do we then use mm-hmm. that because we also don't want to now flip it and now we're causing harm <laughs> right we're using that rage to now oppress others because then that mm-hmm. happen, right Same. but how do we use that rage how do mm-hmm. we honor that rage to create to set boundaries maybe to burn some relationships because we do sometimes have to end some relationships but how do we also then honor mm-hmm. ourselves and that is very powerful sometimes and there's a lot of healing that can come from yeah con lo que me acabas de compartir I I just I got triggered and I'm like I want to cry thank you for for sharing this and we're inviting folks who are listening to just take a moment to just take everything in to sit with it how it feels in your body and your spirit and you know the work that you're doing is healing it is you know the concept that came about as you were speaking is like decolonizing our emotions and I feel like this is the work Mm -hmm. that I've been doing since my grandma passed away last March Mm -hmm. it's been a year and a half and you sharing this is like it's hard work it's really difficult and you know these colonial wounds of our woman Mm -hmm. that couldn't cry couldn't express their Mm -hmm. rage and like us doing that work for ourselves and to liberate them and our ancestors it is so fucking hard and it, and it's healing it's beautiful it's everything it's just como dice right. kim guerra from peras bonita it's a beautiful desmadre is todo a la vez mm-hmm. is el coraje the anger the rage the the sadness the love for doing mm-hmm. this right yeah. so i just wanted to to thank you for this um and i can see how this is and and you know correct me if i'm wrong Part of these the colonial work in mental health is that connection to the psycho-spiritual approach. Can you mm-hmm. touch on a little mm-hmm. bit about that more? Porque el, mm-hmm. es espiritual el trabajo que estás haciendo. Yes. It's spiritual work that you're doing. So can you help us understand this a little bit further, those interconnectedness? 
interconnections. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, no, and, and thank you for sharing um, like what came up for you because I think that that's also important, right? To hold space for that pause, right? And and I think one of the things about also doing you know decolonial work is the somatic piece that so many of us again were told to silence. Um, but also again within communities of color, you know, we're very somatic people. <laughs> you know, we love to dance, we love to eat, we love to, you know, you know, even cry, and even though there are some times that we do oppress that or suppress that, you know, we, we're very somatic, you know, beings. And I, I think that. that thank you, you for know, saying that. I, I really and and you know maybe that leads into like our spiritual right mm -hmm. the central spiritual part because within you know Western um, psychology and even just Western culture we value the the cognitive a lot we value the the reasonable we value the okay well even you know this is why I'm a big critic of like evidence based practices because one of the biggest evidence based practices that a lot of us were taught in we're trained in um, is cognitive behavioral therapy, right? So again, focusing on the cognitive cognition and behavior, <laughs> and that's it, right? Like you're only looking at, okay, well, what's the evidence, right? So if you have a mother who's telling you that she is afraid of her life or her life because she has been seen since, you know, back when Trump was elected, that he was upping, you know, border patrol showing up at school showing up at hospitals and you start doing cbt and asking her well what evidence do you have for that have that have you seen mm. that happen at it's such war? a gaslighting right so it's that even so that much. training it can be can gaslight the experiences of marginalized folks who are ex who who Very generally yeah. fear for their lives feel deportation or family separation even though you cognitively you're like pero la migra no está aquí o sea the border's far away no mm -hmm. right so yes that part like our field is a one big gaslighting <laughs> you know like shit show like they say like if we are not careful right if we are not coming from a decolonized lens then yes then we just replicate even for those of us that are you know are in um oppressed you know that identities can cause oppression right if we're not careful and so when i what i do in regards to psychospirituality is you know if i'm if i'm working with someone that again is experiencing a lot of anxiety and fear first of all i know to validate that i know that that is real right i'm not going to start questioning in cbt and no sé qué tanto, right i'm gonna sit with that you know and then the other part part of psychospirituality is again what comes up for like you just kind of shared is like what came up for you versus like okay what do you see what do you hear what do you touch right western psychology only focuses on the here and now right we rarely bring in our ancestors into the session we rarely bring in our spirit guides into our session we rarely bring in plant medicine or animal medicine right or again somatic you know there's times where I'm saying something and I'm like I don't know you know if this makes sense or but if it, this resonates with you but I'm being called to say this to you right now and there you know I have clients who are like oh Adriana I just got goosebumps 
or I don't know why Adriana, but that get, you know, made me feel a certain kind of way in my heart space, right? And so I have to also do the work, right? I also have to, you know, do my own psycho-spiritual work because again, especially as therapists, we are the tool. So we can't just be up here. We also have to be within our spiritual, mm -hmm. right, capacity. Mm -hmm. Because again, that it has happened with some of my clients, you know, where, you know, again, they're either grieving or they're just like, I don't know, but I've just been feeling a lot of heaviness lately, mm -hmm. or I've been really triggered. And, I, you know, again, I do, I do my Western mm -hmm. psychology thing of like, okay, well, what happened? What do you think triggered Like the you curious mind aspect, the rational part, right? right. Yeah, like something must have something must have mm -hmm. triggered you right mm -hmm. like that's the rational part mm -hmm. that's the western colonized training that i that's have that's right but then the part of me that's like adriana uh -huh. you know why she's being triggered because she's a brown woman mm -hmm. that's carrying generational wounds and you don't have to figure out what it is that triggered her mm. all you have to do is bring her back right. to here right hold that space for her so she can share right hold that space for her but also remind her mm -hmm. that she's carrying that's right the trauma the depression the anxiety mm -hmm. you know the abuse right and that was something uh a traditional healer told me she goes your depression your anxiety is not just yours mm -hmm. she goes son de tus abuelas de tus mamás de tus tías de todas las mujeres antes que tú. You're like, hell man, no wonder this is hard. And I said, no wonder, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like okay, so fucking hard. hard. I'm like, why do I, oh, yeah, like, I'm like. Porque yo, ¿verdad? Porque yo. Why do I have to do this work? It could be fine. Why yeah, me? exactly, right? Why, why yes, right? Why? And it's like, yes, you're right. It's a great privilege, but it's also a very huge Res burden. That responsibility. <laughs> You know, Ooh, and so that's that's something that I also remind my, my clients. I'm like, this isn't just yours, right? This isn't just yours. And so let's honor that. Let's honor las abuelas that are showing up right now, right? Let's honor even, even your mom that you have, like, not the best relationship with. Like you said, they didn't have the ability to heal, right? but we still carry them within us, right? So let's bring in La Ruda. You know, I tell them what kind of, you know, stones and crystals to use, you know, for energy cleansing, for cutting cords, you know, for protection, for energy protection. Um, they tell me about certain people and I'm like, oh no, that does not sound like a good energy to me. <laughs> I'm like, how did you feel after that? Uh -huh. Like I felt drained. I'm like, exactly. Your intuition, listen to your, your inner knowing, your within, you know, ancestral knowledge. And so, and I did a workshop around this, you know, I talked to some, you know, some of my colleagues and I'm like, I know we weren't taught this. And again, a lot of us didn't have, you know, our own maestras to do this with, or our own, you know, again, again, our own moms and abuelas were removed from their own, you know, indigenous traditional healings. But a lot of, we still carry a lot of those, right? Like my, my abuela, like tecitos, right? Like I'm, I'm drinking my tecito right now, like tecito de, de hierbabuena, tecito de manzanilla, you know, she would be, do, she she was my first sobadora, like 
oh, le duele, le duele el estómago a la niña. Ok, ven, deja, estás empachada. Right, and she would uh -huh. do her, and it would hurt like hell, but uh -huh. se me quitaba. That's right. Right? We would get fevers. She would roast tomatoes. <laughs> no worries. So when we would get fevers, she would roast tomatoes. I don't know why, where she, obviously I didn't get a chance to ask her this before she passed away. Like now I realize like so much that I would have wanted to ask her, but she would roast tomatoes y nos tapaba. Like basically like in a tomato salsa, like, <laughs> and she would wrap us up, right? And what does Western medicine say? Pull you down. You have to pull us down if you're, you know, you're having a, a fever. No, ella nos tapaba, and she goes, they need to sweat it out. And I swear to you not, within like a couple of hours, mm -hmm. fever gone, illness gone. Claro, es como un temazcal. Mm -hmm. It's just a different version. This is beautiful. Mm. And so again, you know, I never got a chance until now I realized like her enseñanza, she never told me, but she showed us, That's right? That's right. Mm -hmm. in her in her practices yeah those things we carry mm -hmm. right and so again maybe we don't cognitively remember mm -hmm. but our bodies again mm -hmm. remember our spirit mm -hmm. remembers right and our spirit is covered right by all this woundedness by all this you know colonial and ongoing oppression but if we could start, you know, lifting and creating safe spaces for folks to feel safe enough to lift and, and really find that part of them, right? Healing isn't about becoming someone else. Healing is about really coming back to yourself. Oof, powerful. Just everything that you've been sharing, Dr. Adriana, is just so healing just this session is grounding me and i am gonna have to take some time and space to connect to my garden and my tree to just there's a lot that you shared with us a lot of wisdom ancestral wisdom a lot of healing a lot of spiritual um grounding muchas gracias por por este espacio por compartir tu trabajo es tan importante the work that you're doing is so important and i want you to take care of your spirit so that you can continue this work as it's needed, it's medicine. Tell us where folks can find you. How can they um, work with you? What are, what are you up to in terms of your work? So one of the ways that you can find me is by following um, my nonprofit. So me and my um, good friend and my colega Liliana Munoz and I, um, we both you know, had been working for community mental health for many, many years and obviously realized that, again, the majority of community mental health, um, you know, agencies are really, again, just causing harm to BIPOC communities. And so we decided to start our nonprofit, Roots of South LA Wellness Center. So, you know, again, that is another way of um, how I've been able to really manifest, you know, and, and really, again, being able to have the privilege of doing the work, but more at a collective, you know, care, community care. Um, we don't have a physical space yet. The majority of our work is online, digital, and through social media. We have events, you know, throughout the year. So follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, Roots of South LA, 
Um, that's our handle. And that's one way of following um, part of the work that I do. The other part is through Instagram at my um, professional um, Instagram account, which is Mujerista Doctora. Um, and so that is where, you know, again, I share a lot of the work that I'm doing, um, whether it's through, you know, my um, professional development courses, like I just recently did one on, um, you know, cultural archetypes of La Llorona and La Bruja, because again, that is one way of us reclaiming, right, as mujeres, the stories um, around, again, the colonial stories, the colonized stories of La Llorona. And again, of La Bruja, which many of us are reclaiming, right, our Bruja practices, which I think is beautiful. Uh, but again, that was that still continues to be a very stigmatized, right, practice that uh, a narrative of all oh, Brujas are, you know, they're they're this or that, right? There's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of harmful narratives around. Um, the stories around brujas that again actually stem from colonization and so that's one another way of um, following my my work um, I do have a website um, alianalmedrano.com uh, which is on my um, Mujerisa Doctora Instagram handle but one of the things that I have you know when I, I have had I've had folks reach out to me more so in the last year or so wanting to work with me uh, and I think that one of the things that is hard, you know, I and I think I've been talking to other folks who also have social media presence, is one of the things that's hard is how to navigate this space while also protecting, like you just mentioned, protecting our energy and protecting our spirit. And so right now, and this has been something that I've been trying to do since the pandemic, is I'm really aligning with the with the seasons, right? So right now, I don't, I'm not doing anything mm. <laughs> aside from like what I need to do to get yes. my, my bills paid. Right. But like, it's hard to say no mm. to things that I know are important. Mm -hmm. um, but that I also know, like you said, part of the work is I always, I always go back to, we are the tool mm. and not just a therapist, but any of us that are holding space for anyone or for any population, like, or any community is like, we are the tool, right? And so it is very um, nice and I, and I love being approached by folks, but I think that we also wanna, you know, sometimes I just wanna be in community for the sake of being in community, you know? Like I wanna be able to just talk to people just for the sake of talking to people, right? I wanna be able to sit, you know, con la, con, con el limón y con la ruda, because I also know that they're speaking to me, mm. right? And, and and I also want to just be able to sit in my living room with my pajamas mm -hmm. and a tecito. That, <laughs> and, yes. yeah. and all you know, these, just, yeah. And I yeah. just wanted to interject and sorry to interrupt no, you no, before no. I forget is um, the NAP ministry is such a great uh, Instagram yes. handle. They just released a book. Um, yeah, I forgot the title. I'll link it to the show notes. Pero está diciendo que rest is radical. Rest is liberation. Yes. Rest is decolonial. And, and yes. this is an invitation that you're also doing. It's like, I need to do this for myself so that I can show up professionally. Yeah, yeah. So I, I invite people to to follow me on Instagram, you know, but I think that I also want to invite people to 
you know, also come back to themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I definitely, um, that's another way. Yes, the NAP ministry, I completely agree, is one way of resisting, mm -hmm. right? It's one way of, you know, Audre Lorde also, also, self, also said self-preservation is an act of political warfare. Yep, that's right. Right. And again, you know, many of us are being called to speak out again the atrocities that are happening, you know, to the Palestinian people, to the people in Congo, the people in Sudan. Like, you know, we are being called to remind people that this is what's been happening. Now we have social media to really show us what's happening. But part of this work, and I tell this to like the younger generation or folks that are just starting this work, this is a lifetime commitment. We're doing liberation work, doing oppressive work. And if we're not careful, we will fall into the trap mm -hmm. of what these systems want us to, which is to burn out, mm -hmm. right? To do too much too soon and not sustain it, right? For us to be able to sustain this work is what's actually going to liberate us, right? And so, yes, we do. We have to follow the seasons, right? We have to do our and our own internal seasons, whatever that looks like for us, right? We obviously work in a capitalist environment where we can't slow down completely, right? Where we can't completely disengage. But even if it's just for five minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it is that you have capacity for, right? Of taking a moment to just, you know, breathing and coming back even to that, you know, center. Um, but I do think that I'm, I'm being asked to birth something next year. I don't know how that's going to look like. So please follow me because that is how you're going to find out That's <laughs> most right. likely than not, right? Um, I do have a newsletter that you can sign up for on my website. And, and that is also another way that you can hear about, you know, what's what's coming up. But anytime, and we know this, right? Anytime we're about to give birth to something, we have to rest That's and right. we have to go inward. Um, but I do feel that, you know, again, I think the, the work that I've been doing with my nonprofit, Roots of South LA, has been an extremely healing, you know, um, journey because, you know, again, my co-creator and I have been very intentional about what does the community want, what does the community need versus mm -hmm. us building something that was just in our vision, right? Mm -hmm. It was more like, okay, wait, what's the vision of the community? Mm -hmm. And so I'm also, that is something that I also am, you know, realizing about myself of like taking time to allow my community and the people I work with and the people that I serve and my higher, you know, my higher guides to inform me before I do something. Um, and so I think that definitely reminding ourselves that, you know, one of the things that, um, I also have heard recently, um, I think it's with, I believe her name is Miriam. Oh, I forget her last name, but she is a amazing um, spiritual worker, you know, Instagram um, is the individual and she talked about disembodied activism. Mm. And I thought that that was so powerful because Yes, we need to, we need to, again, be doing this work and we need to speak out and we need to be, again, disrupting these systems. 
but we can't do it from a disembodied space Mm -hmm. right we need to be in our bodies Mm -hmm. and that's very hard because Mm -hmm. like you just we were talking about this earlier like so many of us have been grieving and crying and trying to you just hold space for ourselves um and I think that that that's also very important so um if you want to work you know with me take this time (laughs) take this time alongside with me (laughs) to slow down that's 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 how I feel um it's probably the best way to to do that yeah muchísimas gracias gracias por recordarnos la importancia de descansar to ground ourselves so that we can continue to show up and birth new projects Muchísimas gracias. Fue un placer y un honor tenerte aquí en este podcast. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have you. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Forever grateful. Muchas gracias igualmente, Dr. Hortensia. I really appreciate again the invitation to even just have this conversation with you and, you know, please take care of yourself and, you know, hopefully we continue to be in, in community and share space again. Claro que sí. And thank you everyone for listening and supporting this podcast. Nos vemos la siguiente semana. I will see you in the next episode of Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. Nos vemos. Muchas gracias por acompañarme en Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really like it. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free 30-minute coaching session. That's right. Así como escuchaste. One free session. Once you leave your review, you can screenshot it and email it to me and I'll send you a link to sign up. If you didn't like it, don't worry. Así está bien. Follow me on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Hortensia Jimenez.